Hello, I'm Scott Cullen, host of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. So in today's episode, we're going to uh, look at Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. The Montreal Canadiens appear to be in trouble. And then we'll look at uh, teams in the West Division uh, from the National Hockey League this season and see who they could protect and potentially lose uh, in the upcoming expansion draft. So let's start. We'll look at Friday's game. Tampa Bay wins uh, Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final 6-3 uh, over Montreal. Uh, Tyler Johnson scores a pair of goals uh, for Tampa Bay with Alex Kalorn uh, out. Uh, Tyler Johnson has sort of stepped up uh, getting a better opportunity to play, and he's producing. Uh, so this is uh, a really nice opportunity, really, for Johnson, who's kind of miscast <laughs> playing on the fourth line. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, wh- wherever Tyler Johnson ends up playing uh, next season, whether that's Tampa Bay or, or whether he moves on, uh, you would have to, you have to think that uh, there's an opportunity for him to play somewhere uh, where he can get a little bit, a little bit bigger role uh, than he's had most recently in Tampa Bay, but uh, as I say, the the Kalorn injury has opened up a, a bit of an opportunity here for Johnson uh, in the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, Victor Hedman had a goal and assist for Tampa Bay, as did Nikita Kucherov, who's, who's running away with the playoff scoring race, uh, and he's had back-to-back 30-point uh, playoffs, I think first person since Wayne Gretzky uh, to, to do that, so um, you know Nikita Kucherov traveling in, in pretty rare territory. Uh, Andre Palat also had a couple of assists uh, for Tampa Bay. Now the uh, the interesting uh, part here for is that Tampa Bay goaltender Andre Vasilevsky was you know they beat him for th- on th- for three goals, which you know given Montreal's struggles to score in the first couple of games, that should have been uh, very encouraging. He had 32 saves on 35 shots, but uh, Carey Price only stopped 24 of 29 shots for Montreal, and that uh, you know add in an empty netter, and and you have a, a pretty lopsided. Uh, final score. Uh, now, uh, strangely enough for Montreal, uh, defenseman Eric Gustafson continues to put up a, a solid course. He's got the best possession numbers for Montreal in the playoffs. He was 69.6% in Game 3. At the same time, he was on for two goals against at 5-on-5 five five in, in fairly limited action. Uh, and and so may, may, maybe that uh, that course he doesn't mean a whole lot. And, and the same goes, uh, I guess, just on the, the other end for Tampa Bay defenseman Ryan McDonough, uh, who you know, was on for three goals for and none against, and uh, he's had fantastic goal differentials uh, for Tampa Bay throughout the playoffs, but his uh, shot differentials are, are, are nothing uh, so great. Uh, and so it, when we're talking small samples here, you, you can ride percentages uh, a little bit easier. And so in the case of McDonough, uh, even though he, he is not uh, putting, up, putting up great numbers in terms of shot differentials, uh, the fact that uh, you know, Tampa Bay continues to put up great results uh, when he's on the ice throughout the playoffs, uh, I guess you kind of have to, you know, not worry too much about the fact that he's uh, on on the ice for uh, more shots against uh, than he is for, uh, even as we get kind of this deep uh, into the postseason. Uh, but anyway, uh, now we've got Montreal down three games to none, and I, I tried to stay optimistic uh, after the first two games uh, that there were some positive signs for Montreal and that if they could, uh, you know, if Carey Price could. Uh, bounce back, and if they could generate a bit more offense, then maybe uh, there was a chance uh, for them to uh, make this a series uh, and maybe do some damage at home and extend the series. But boy, after you know you fall behind early uh, in game three, it's two nothing kind of before you can blink. 
and then Montreal is chasing the game for the rest. And and now down three games to none to a heavily favored team, uh, it just doesn't seem like it's going to be possible. And look, there are you know when you, when you come into a Stanley Cup final as you know the biggest underdog in in more than twenty years, which uh, the Canadians were, uh, you you can't afford uh, to to have things go wrong. Basically, if you're going to pull off the upset, you need uh, your goaltender has to be playing great. You maybe need the other goaltender to be a little shaky. You need uh, players to be taking advantage of their chances and you need to uh, not uh, be giving up uh, critical opportunities to uh, to this heavily favored Tampa Bay team. And really none of that has happened uh, for Montreal through the first three games. And now uh, the odds <laughs> the odds on them coming back uh, from being down three games to none seems just about uh, impossible. But, uh, you know, if Tampa Bay wins back-to-back Stanley Cups, they're full value for it. You know, people will complain about Nikita Kucherov um, missing the entire season. And, and I, heck, I'm one of them. Uh, but ultimately, you, ha- you have to look at what, uh, what they've done in the postseason and, and uh, you know, tip your hat to them. If you're going to win back-to-back Stanley Cups, uh, that's, that's not easy. Uh, and uh, Tampa Bay, not only, you know, if they win... Uh, this second straight Stanley Cup, they're they're not exactly going to shrivel up and and wither away here. They're they're probably going to be contenders for a few more years after that. So, uh, you know, Montreal has had a, had a pretty good run, and you know maybe they can uh, extend this series a little bit. But uh, I do not like their chances to win four straight against Tampa Bay. When we come back, we will take a look at uh, some expansion draft plans for teams in the West Division. All right, so now we're going to look at uh, teams in the West Division uh, and what uh, their plans might be for the expansion draft. And we'll start with the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, now, the Ducks seem to be a team that could be um, you know, ready to make some moves uh, this offseason. Uh, but if those moves don't happen uh, be- before they have to submit their protected list, like uh, the-, the Ducks may be interested in trading for Jack Eichel, and, and that would probably shake up uh, the- the- which players are going to be available and which ones aren't. Uh, but... Uh, if if we go on the the roster that the Anaheim Ducks have right now, I suppose their protected list looks something like Jacob Silverberg, Ricard Raquel, Troy Terry, Sam Steele, Isaac Lundestrom, Max Jones, Danton Heinen up front, uh, Cam Fowler, Hampus Lindholm, Josh Manson on defense, John Gibson in goal. Uh, if that's the case, uh, that would mean Adam Henrique uh, gets exposed. Uh, basically, there's a $5.8 million cap hit there that uh, might... You know, you, you maybe you can tempt uh, Seattle to to take Henrique because they have tons of cap space, and um, you know Henrique can still you know produce some offense for them. Uh, but if you're Anaheim and, and you maybe want a little bit more cap flexibility, you're you're prepared to to keep Henrique available. Uh, Derek Grant, Kevin Shattenkirk, Hayden Flurry, uh, goaltender Anthony Stolarz. You know, there's some options there. Uh, I think you know Hen- Henrique might be. Uh, the the most appealing uh, for Seattle, but that also depends on on you know where they wish to spend uh, their big money. Uh, if not, you know maybe they they would take Anthony Stolarz or or Hayden Flurry. Those guys are are very inexpensive uh, and could you know fill out uh, spots uh, in the Seattle depth chart. And so, uh, the, I guess the real question here is, uh, are the do the Ducks have like is, is it worth uh, you know, are, are Max Jones and Isaac Lundestrom, are they valuable enough uh, commodities to, to be protecting? I suppose, 
the point is they haven't really uh, established themselves very much in the National Hockey League to, to prove that. Uh, but uh, if you're if you're in the situation that Anaheim is, where you're kind of building around younger players, uh, you may as well uh, keep those guys uh, and see you know if they can kind of build around uh, a younger core and see uh, if there's any progress to be made that way because uh, the past few seasons have been pretty rough uh, for the Ducks. Uh, all right to Arizona, uh, where they have a new head coach, uh, and uh, it looks like they're probably going to be uh, active in the offseason. There have been trade rumors around uh, Oliver Ekman Larson and Phil Kessel, um, among others. I mean, there, there have been, there's been talk about Connor Garland uh, potentially being moved. And so, obviously, any of these uh, expansion uh, protection plans uh, could be radically altered by uh, by trades. But, but if we uh, take a look at uh, who's on the Arizona roster right now? Clayton Keller, Phil Kessel. Uh, Kessel has a no-move clause, so the, they have to protect him. Uh, Nick Schmaltz, Christian Dvorak, Lawson Kraus, uh, Christian Fisher, and Connor Garland. There's seven forwards. Now, I mean, Fisher you know, ha- has really contributed very little the past few years. Uh, I, I think if, if you're Arizona, maybe you should be on the hunt to, to try and find a, a higher quality um, player to pr- protect. Um, but... Uh, then there's Oliver Ekman, Larson, uh, Jacob Chikrin, Ilya Lyabushkin uh, on defense, Darcy Kemper in goal. Uh, again, if Oliver Ekman, Larson gets moved, uh, maybe you want to upgrade on Lyabushkin uh, for for a spot on on defense. So you know Arizona could be a team that is is active leading up to this to to try and uh, shake things up. And if if this is the the way they uh, go into the expansion draft, that if those are their protected players. Uh, the likes of Tyler Pitlick and Johan Larson, uh, Kyle Capobianco and Aiden Hill uh, are, you know, maybe the most uh, notable. Uh, and then there's an unrestricted free agent like Michael Bunting, who, you know, had a, a strong showing uh, after getting called up from the American Hockey League this year. Uh, but he has such a small sample uh, of National Hockey League games that, you know, that maybe if you're Arizona, it's worth trying to get Bunting signed and then just protecting him. Uh, as opposed to kind of leaving him out there to to, to field offers in, as an unrestricted free agent, because um, you know maybe he'll find uh, more appealing uh, options elsewhere. Uh, and really, if, if this is how it how it goes for Arizona, Aiden Hill probably seems uh, to be a, a good option for Seattle. Um, he's uh, at the very least a, a competent number three uh, goaltender for the Kraken, but uh, you know maybe. Uh, depending on, on what other goaltenders they select, maybe he gets a shot uh, at the backup role there too. So uh, now uh, from from Arizona and Anaheim, two teams that uh, don't don't really have great protected lists. So then we move to Colorado, uh, where you know the the Avalanche have to protect some uh, you know pretty elite players. And so there's Miko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon, Nazem Kadri. Uh, I guess the real question then becomes what about what of Gabriel Landeskog, uh, the the captain has you know been performing at a high level but he's going to be an unrestricted free agent and uh, you know do the do the avalanche get him signed uh before uh, or you know can they have have an agreement uh in place with landis cog that uh, uh they, they will sign him to a deal uh, after uh, the expansion draft happens and you know you can see how um how that plays um but that you know, there's risk involved uh, if you decide you're going to let Gabriel Landeskog walk down restricted free agency because uh, other teams might uh, might have more flexibility and may be willing to offer uh, more 
uh, money for, for Gabriel Landeskog. So Landeskog becomes a real question mark. Uh, otherwise, you've got Andre Burakovsky, Yunus Donskoy, uh, Valerie Nachushkin, uh, all as possibilities. Uh, and, and then on defense, uh, Kael McCarr, uh, Devon Taves, Sammy Gerrard. Uh, it looks like Eric Johnson uh, is willing to waive his no-move clause. Uh, and if that's the case, uh, I don't imagine Seattle's uh, going to be coming for him. Uh, you know, significant cap hit for a player who didn't play at all this past season. Uh, the, the, and then, uh, really, Colorado's goaltending uh, becomes an interesting uh, spot uh, because Philip Grubauer is another unrestricted free agent, and maybe the Avalanche of you know can work on a long-term deal with with Grubauer. Uh, and and if that happens then you could probably just protect him because Jonas Johansson uh, might be the, the next choice uh, for Colorado to protect, and really his track record doesn't suggest uh, that he's good enough to, to warrant that. Um, and so I think if you're Colorado, you, you would like to try and get Grubauer signed. Um, but if not, um, then you know what, what are you going to do to address um, the, the goaltending situation for the future? Is it Pavel Francouz? Are you, are you banking on him to come back? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but really, for Col- Colorado, they they've got um, you know they they have the first world problems uh, is that they have so many good players that you have to uh, try and figure out how you're going to fit them all in. And, and with Makar um, uh, needing a new deal and Nathan McKinnon uh, going to need one in the future, uh, that's where uh, the money is going to get earmarked uh, for for the Avalanche. Now, uh, if this is how they uh, shake shake out their protected list. Um, Guys like J.T. Comfer and Tyson Jost uh, could be available. Ryan Graves on defense. Uh, Jacob McDonald uh, also played uh, quite a bit for for Colorado this year. But um, I think you know, the <clears throat> if you're the Avalanche, the the way to go about this might be to to seek out a few uh, trades to to get a little bit more value, uh, right? Like if if you move Ryan Graves uh, and and get you know. Some, something in return that you don't need to protect uh, in the expansion draft, uh, then uh, you know you can still lose lose another player. Uh, you know whether it's Comfort, Jost, or McDonald, but you know the, the, in in the uh, overall scheme of things, may, maybe the the net loss isn't quite as significant. Uh, but we, we've that that theory got uh, kind of put to the test. Um, going into the Vegas expansion draft and most teams failed it. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm not sure I, I expect Colorado to, to make one of those moves. Maybe they just look at it and say, we have so many good players, uh, we're going to lose one uh, and just let that happen. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I suppose that if we kind of address uh, the Landeskog issue, uh, that maybe um, you know, the Colorado would be willing to go four and four. Uh, where they protect Rantanen, McKinnon, Kadri, and say Burakovsky, uh, and then you had to have Makar, Taves, Gerard, uh, and Graves on defense all protected. Uh, but that would mean that Jonas Donskoy or Valerian Chushkin uh, would be out there. Uh, and uh, I, I'm not sure, uh, you know, that Seattle uh, wouldn't mind that. You know, that if uh, if Valerian Chushkin, who's you know established himself as a premier uh, checking winger. Uh, in the past couple of seasons that uh, in, in Seattle uh, ha, has enough anal- analytically inclined people in their front office who would uh, who would recognize that, uh, that they might uh, see some value to be had there. Um, in any case, Colorado is a really strong team. They're probably going to lose a pretty good player. Uh, but 
in, in the grand scheme of things, that's probably okay too. Uh, Los Angeles, now another team that's got kind of some questions uh, about their protected list. Uh, and so uh, they've added Victor Arvidsson. We'll talk about uh, that trade uh, later. Uh, but they also have Andre Kopitar, Alex Ifalo, Adrian Kempe. Uh, and so th- those four forwards are, are pretty secure. Then after that, uh, you're, uh, you've got Austin Wagner, Blake Lizotte, Andreas Athanasiu, Leah Sanderson, Dustin Brown. Okay, so there's what five more guys, and you and you need to keep three of them. Uh, and the thing is, I, I think there's you know you, you can you can feel fine about keeping any of them, but at the same time you can feel fine about losing any of them. Uh, I think now, I mean, in Dustin Brown's case, uh, yes, it would free up some money, but Brown, you know, has been a a, a king for life. Uh, I I don't know that. Uh, it, it makes a ton of sense for LA to, to just kind of shoo him out the door uh, at this stage. Uh, and, but I, I think it's also going to be a busy off season for the Kings because they, uh, they probably look at the, uh, the Pacific division for next year uh, and see that there's a, there's a path uh, to getting into the playoffs and, you know, having, having done the rebuilding thing and having stocked the cupboards, uh, they're probably ready to turn the corner or at least they would like to be. Uh, so, you know, some questions about who they're going to be able to keep up front. Uh, we'll see how that goes. On defense, uh, they've got Drew Doughty, uh, Matthew Roy, uh, and uh, Sean Walker. It's fine. Uh, not uh, not an amazing group, but uh, it'll do. Cal Peterson and Nett. Uh, and so, who does this leave uh, exposed? I mean, aside from the, the forwards I had on the bubble already, uh, Trevor Moore. Uh, and maybe, he, maybe Trevor Moore should be uh, considered uh, in that group as well as a potential keeper. But uh, Carl Grundstrom, Brendan Lemieux. Uh, Oli Mata on defense, Kale Clegg on defense, Jonathan Quick. Uh, I think you know the the Kings because of all the uh, you know relatively young players that they have. Uh, there are enough guys out here that uh, you know you you can offer up one to to Seattle and and not worry about it too much because they've got a a really deep uh, list of prospects who are kind of knocking on the door. Uh, and so if, if one of these guys gets uh, selected, uh, you. You probably don't miss much of a a beat uh, if you then uh, just pop in your next prospect and away you go. Uh, so when we come back, we will finish up uh, the expansion plans for uh, the teams in the West Division. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they have nine delicious flavors. Plus, they occasionally get limited-time special flavors as well. Um, there are standards, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's a wide variety there, something for everyone. Uh, my favorites are peanut butter brownie and salted caramel. Uh, but if you haven't tried all the uh, Bilt Bar flavors, you can get a mixed box. You get two of each of those nine flavors uh, and you know decide which ones you like best and order more of those. Uh, and you know these bars, not only do you have this great variety of flavors, but they're all covered in 100% chocolate. They taste great. Taste like a, a good snack. Uh, and not only that, they're good for you. Uh, they're loaded with protein uh, and they're low calorie, low sugar, low carbs, uh, and you know they they give you the protein boost that you need. I use them uh, when I'm going to an outdoor boot camp, kind of make that part of the post workout routine. And uh, I think I've had a little bit of success. And so you know, kudos to Built Bar for that. Uh, so go to builtbar.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Okay, continuing uh, with the West Division and their. Uh, expansion plans and we're on to the Minnesota Wild uh, where there are some questions. Uh, Zach Parisi, uh, Matt Zuccarello, 
uh, Ryan Suter, they all have no move clauses. And, you know, the, uh, particularly in the case of uh, Parise and Suter, these guys are getting older. Uh, and, you know, you might, <laughs> you might like the idea of uh, exposing them uh, to, to uh, Seattle uh, with the expectation that uh, Seattle's, you know, not looking to, to add a 37-year-old winger like Zach Parise. Um, but if you're, um, you know, if you're Parisi, maybe, maybe you're, you're not inclined to, uh, to give up that, uh, protection. Right. And, uh, and so, uh, in the case of, uh, Parisi, uh, for the time being that uh, we will expect that, uh, Minnesota protects him. Uh, and so that, and same goes for Zuccarello. Uh, and so, uh, if, if the wild protect those two and Marcus Foligno and Jordan Greenway and Ryan Hartman, Kem Fiala and the recently signed Joel Erickson Eck. Well, that, that probably uh, covers off their, their forward group for the most part. Uh, on defense, Jared, Jared Spurgeon, Ryan Suter, Jonas Brodeen. Uh, and then in goal, Kapo Kakinen, uh, more, more likely uh, to be protected because, you know, the, the should have a longer future ahead of him uh, than Cam Talbot. Uh, so who does the Wild have exposed? Well, Cam Talbot's one. Uh, defenseman Carson Soucy and Matt Dumba. And certainly Matt Dumba, uh, becomes an, an interesting uh, one here, whether Seattle takes him to, to keep him or, or they take him to uh, flip him to, to someone else for more assets. Um, and then up front, Victor Rask and Nico Sturm, but uh, I would be surprised if, if those are the uh, players. I think if you're uh, Seattle, Matt Dumba or Cam Talbot are, are both pretty appealing options uh, if that's who uh, Minnesota has to leave unprotected. Uh, to San Jose, uh, a team that <laughs> has some pricey players, but they probably still have to protect them. Uh, and, and so it leaves, you know, some question marks, I guess, uh, towards the bottom end of the protected list. Uh, so off the top at forward, Logan Couture, Evander Kane, Thomas Hurdle, uh, Timo Meyer, uh, and Kevin LeBanc. Uh, that that's five forwards. Uh, you can pretty comfortably uh, put in there. Uh, then the question becomes if, if you're looking at three more forwards uh, or three more forwards to, to fill out probably two spots. Uh, Ryan Donato, Rudolph Balsers, Jonathan Dolan. Um, I guess you could throw uh, Dylan Gambrell in there too. But uh, So it, you're, if you include Gambrell in that mix, well then two of those four forwards uh, can, can join the protected list for San Jose and then two of them become, uh, I guess, uh, the more appealing options uh, for Seattle. And uh, if, if Ryan Donato or Rudolph Balsers uh, are, are left out there, uh, for the uh, for the Sharks uh, expansion draft, then you know you could easily see Seattle uh, taking one of those guys on defense. Well, they've got Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, Mark Edward Vlasic, uh, super expensive, uh, and you know not not producing uh, as much as you would like for the for the money they're being paid. Uh, but uh, you know they also have, at least in the case of Carlson and Vlasic, they have uh, protection, so they're going to be. Uh, hanging around and really uh, the Sharks don't want to lose Brent Burns for nothing um, even if even if you wouldn't mind uh, freeing up some of that money uh, but so what what does this uh, they're they're also uh, looking at uh, Joseph uh, Cornash uh, is probably the goaltender uh, they're going to be protecting uh, came up uh, late uh, in the regular season and got got into some action for the Sharks uh, but who are they likely to have exposed beyond the couple forwards uh, we talked about earlier, uh, Matt Nieto, uh, Redim Shimek, uh, the defenseman, and Martin Jones. Well, I mean, you can't imagine um, 
Seattle taking on Martin Jones, given how he's played uh, in recent seasons. But, uh, you know, the Sharks, they, they need to try and uh, shake things up. And, and uh, I, I don't know that the expansion draft is necessarily the path to doing it, uh, but uh, they have to figure out uh, a better mix uh, for next season because what, what they've had uh, going the past couple of years, just it, it, it's not competitive enough. Uh, and uh, your key players just continue to get older, uh, and and you're, you know, looking at uh, kind of a, a closing window already for a team that hasn't been contending for a while. So let's move on to the St. Louis Blues, uh, and the Blues, uh, they have plenty of quality veteran guys, uh, so it's easy to protect Vladimir Tarasenko, Ryan O'Reilly, Braden Shen, David Perron, Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas. Uh, and then uh, you're kind of left with a question here is, uh, is Jaden Schwartz, who, who's an unrestricted free agent, is, is he going to get kept or are the Blues going to you know, sign him to an extension uh, or do they wait until after uh, and br- try and bring him back then? Um, or uh, do you protect Oscar Sundquist uh, and, you know, kind of anticipate Schwartz leaving? Uh, if that's the case, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Schwartz does move on uh, and Sundquist uh, gets the sort of last protected spot there. Uh, for the Blues. Uh, on defense, Tory Krug, Justin Falk, Colton Pareko, uh, pretty standard uh, group there. Jordan Bennington uh, in goal. Uh, but there are a lot of, you know, quality players here for the Blues that, that could be exposed, which which then leads to the possibility that the Blues might be uh, able to make some trades uh, leading up to uh, the, the deadline, I guess, to have your uh, protected list in. Because and this goes back to what we talked about earlier that, you know, maybe uh, teams would do that. And, you know, they, the possibility was there going into the Vegas expansion draft and, and, and most teams didn't handle it very well. Uh, but if you're St. Louis uh, and you have a list that includes Sammy Blay, Kyle Clifford, uh, Ivan Barbashev, uh, Vince Dunn, Marco Scandella, Robert Bortuzzo, uh, Nico Mikola, Vili Husso, uh, it's... You know, there's a lot of players there who uh, could fit on, on protected lists uh, around the league. Oh, Zach Sanford as well. Uh, so w- given that there are that many options, uh, I would kind of think that the Blues should be doing some due diligence on this. Uh, you know, Vince Dunn, I'm sure, would be very appealing uh, to Seattle. Uh, but if, if that's the case, uh, should they maybe be shopping Vince Dunn to, to another team who uh, might have room? Uh, on their protected list. I mean, we talked about Arizona uh, and, you know, Arizona's protected list uh, on defense doesn't look like uh, a a list that, uh, you know, if if they have Ekman Larson and Chikrin and Leah Bushkin, well, could Vince Dunn fit in there Uh, instead of Leah Bushkin? Maybe. Uh, And, and, you know, that, that's a possibility. Uh, and, and so uh, I, I think there's probably some moves to be made here for St. Louis if they, if they want to. Uh, And, uh, even if they do, uh, they're probably going to end up uh, sacrificing a half-decent player uh, to Seattle be just because of uh, the number of players uh, that they uh, have available that have legitimate NHL experience. Uh, and so like, if, if it's not done, I mean, Marco Scandella uh, is at least a proven uh, defenseman. Uh, and you know, may, maybe uh, Seattle would take him just to turn around and trade him to another team uh, that, that uh, would be interested in Scandella's services. Uh, so, uh, the Blues Blues have an interesting kind of mix there, uh, be, because they've got uh, real kind of core pieces that are uh, locked in, uh, and then it's uh, a little bit of nibbling, I guess, around the edges uh, to see how 
uh, it's all going to shake out. Uh, and then for the last team in, in the West Division, the Vegas Golden Knights, well, they don't have to protect anybody because they're not eligible uh, to have uh, players go in the expansion draft, which is uh, an outrage to some because, uh, you know, Vegas... Uh, has had plenty of success since they arrived in the league, uh, and so they hardly need a break like like this. But that's uh, the deal they they agreed to uh, and paid for. Uh, so uh, that that's how that's gonna play out. All right, uh, a couple more things before we go. Uh, the Minnesota Wild signed Joel Erickson Eck to a new contract, uh, and it's eight years, forty two million dollars. Uh, obviously, the Wild like Erickson Eck a lot. Uh, he had 19 goals, 11 assists in 56 games this year. He's an excellent two-way player. Was fourth uh, in Selkie voting. Um, and, you know, this is a big commitment, though. It was a 24-year-old uh, who, has, coming off a season in which he had 30 points in 56 games. Yes, he's a, a very good two-way player, but, you know, 30 points in 56 games, you prorate that out to a full season, we're, we're under 45 points. Uh, and so... Uh, I guess we'll see whether there's more offense to be had uh, for Joel Erickson Eck, or or uh, are you just banking on uh, ha- having you know great defensive value in addition to uh, sort of a, a middling uh, offensive uh, game? And but it, it, that's also not an outrageous number. Uh, it's it's a long term, uh, but if Erickson Eck is uh, you know, if he's going to be one of the uh, top two-way centers, uh, a guy who's going to be in the Selkie Trophy mix, uh, you know, for the good portion of this contract, then uh, certainly that value's uh, not going to be a real issue. Uh, and it's going to take him into his early 30s, uh, at a point where he should probably still be uh, a, a solid contributor. So uh, not a bad deal uh, there for the Wild. And then uh, the LA Kings, uh, they traded a second round pick in 2021 and a third round pick in 2022 to Nashville uh, for winger Victor Arvidsson. Now, Arvidsson, uh, 28 years old, uh, had 25 points in 50 games in 2021, uh, but he also scored on a career low 6.1% of his shots. Uh, generally, though, puck moves the right way with Arvidsson on the ice. Uh, his shot differentials and expected goal differentials uh, rank second and third, uh, respectively, among Predators. Uh, forwards that played at least 20 games. Uh, he is a two-time 30-goal scorer, and uh, now he's kind of tailed off in the past couple of years, has 25 goals in 107 games, but if you look to that past track record, uh, and it's not a bad buy-low option here for the Kings. Uh, at the very least, uh, Arvidsson can fill a middle six role uh, for, the, for the Kings, but you know there's potential here uh, that he could provide more than that, and you know it, it would not be uh, terribly unreasonable to think that Arvidsson could uh, play on the top line alongside uh, Andre Kopitar uh, and then see uh, if his percentages bounce back because if, if the shooting percentage bounces back, uh, Arvidsson is a player who, who can generate shots and, and he's done so um, you know, with, with line mates who aren't as good as Andre Kopitar. Uh, and you know, over the past three seasons, Arvidsson uh, rank, ranks 10th uh, in shot attempts per 60 uh, during 5-on-5 five five play, 18th in shots on goal per 60, 14th uh, in goals per 60. So, you know, if you're an L.A. Kings team who uh, notoriously uh, low shooting percentage, um, grabbing a guy like Arvidsson uh, with a chance to sort of inject some life into the offense uh, is worth it. Uh, and 
yes, he's going to be protected in, in, in the expansion draft. We just talked about uh, the Kings list. Uh, Arvidsson actually uh, fits pretty high on the list of players that they would be interested in keeping. Uh, so uh, for the Predators, uh, you know, I think this this is, I mean, getting the, the players, the, the second and third round pick, ideally you might you might get an NHL player out of that, but, um, you know, that, that second round pick is, is number 40 overall. That has about a 35% chance of, of that player playing 100 games. Um, and, you know, a third round pick uh, in next year's draft, well, that's, you know, maybe 25 to 30% uh, chance of, of becoming an NHL player. And and so really uh, the value here for the for the Predators is that it shakes up their uh, keeper list uh, for, for the expansion draft in that um, – if, if we presume that they would leave Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson unprotected because uh, they have $8 million cap hits and their production has been nowhere near uh, those $8 million cap hits, um, you know, the, the Predators could protect Philip Forsberg, Luke Kunin, maybe Kelly Yarncroak as three forwards, and then they could uh, look to the defense uh, and go Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, Matthias Ekholm, Dante Fabro, Alexandra Carrier, and, and there you go. There's, there's your eight protected uh, skaters. Uh, to go along with UC Saros and goal, and um, and it, it works, uh, but you know you would then still have to uh, kind of figure out how you're going to uh, to fill out your uh, your forward ranks next season and, and make up for you know the loss of of Victor Arvidsson. Now, is it as simple as Philip Tomasino, uh, the top prospect, getting uh, more of an opportunity? Eli Tolvanen, um, you know, getting more more opportunity. Uh, if that's the case, uh, those guys, at the very least, because they're younger and on entry-level deals, uh, they're cheaper, uh, and that allows Nashville to, to maybe spend their money uh, on other things, and, and whether those other things include uh, contract extensions for Philip Forsberg or Matthias Ekholm, well, I guess that's the, the real decision to be made here for Nashville, is uh, if you want to make you know some changes, uh, the, the real... I mean, the expectation coming into towards the trade deadline this year was that Nashville was, uh, you know, they were going to move Ekholm uh, and the, they hadn't uh, eliminated the possibility of, of dealing Forsberg. Uh, but then Nashville went on this, you know, great run uh, to get into the playoffs and, and suddenly uh, they weren't going to be dealing those guys. But Forsberg and Ekholm are kind of core pieces on this team who are going into the last year of their contracts. Uh, and if you're the Predators, you have to decide... Uh, whether you're going to commit to those guys uh, long term, and you know, in the case of Ekholm, you, know, you don't have to sign him up to an eight-year deal. I don't think at, at this stage of his career, but you have to come to some kind of agreement if you're going to keep him around uh, long term. And kind of based on how um, you know, Nashville's roster is set up at this point and what their keeper list looks like, um, I would expect uh, that they're going to come to some kind of agreement with Ekholm. Um, and then I, I would think that they probably want to do something with Forsberg too, uh, because you can't just keep stripping guys uh, away uh, if you think uh, this team is going to be a contender. Uh, I mean, for a playoff spot. And because failing that, if, if it means, okay, well, we're going to get rid of Ekholm, you're going to get rid of uh, Forsberg, well, then how long before you're getting rid of Roman Yossi? Because uh, given the age uh, of these other core players, uh, the Predators... Uh, you you either decide you're going to, uh, you know, compete to be a playoff team now uh, with uh, those core pieces uh, and, you know, maybe uh, the moves you make around the edges and whether that's, you know, the, the young guys like Tolvanen and Tomasino and, and Fabro and Carrier on defense. Uh, if you if 
if those young guys are the ones who are going to, you know, make make this roster a little bit different, uh, then you can do it uh, while moving Victor Arvidsson out uh, and kind of changing your look a little bit. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, I, you know, Nashville doesn't look like they're going to be better uh, by moving Victor Arvidsson. He's a player who who it made sense to to go in uh, for the Kings to to buy low on him. Now it's it's not not an exact fit here for the Kings to, to trade for a 28 year old winger, uh, given, you know, where the Kings are in their development, but he's also a reasonably priced 28 year old winger. And if you're the Kings and, uh, and think that you have a shot to compete for a playoff spot next year, um, it makes all kinds of sense, uh, to go grab Arvidsson, uh, at a reasonable price, uh, and expect that he can upgrade your scoring, uh, an area which has consistently been uh, a problem for LA. Uh, so that will do it for this week. Uh, we will come back on Monday uh, and, you know, looking at uh, the Stanley Cup uh, potentially being awarded Monday night. And we will uh, continue uh, preparing uh, through uh, divisions uh, with their expansion plans and uh, as we kind of steam towards the off season, uh, just waiting uh, for Tampa Bay to kind of officially finish things off. Uh, in any case, uh Check out my work uh, at The Athletic, McKean's Hockey, as well as scottcullenhockey.substack.com, uh, and check out the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. You can find these podcasts on Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. Stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Hockey, your daily source for fantasy news and analysis.